Hello, world, and welcome to the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We got a curveball for y'all today. I'm John Binkle. I'll be your host today, and I'm joined by the illustrious Dingle Dude himself, Blake Creamer. Illustrious. That's a mm-hmm. nice adjective. I don't think I've ever been described that way. I but I am the, the Dingle Dude. Okay, I yeah, looked up the I'll definition. Go- it, it fits. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> Google that. Yeah, I'll check that later. So the reason for that is that Josh is tending to the newest baby Hutchinson in the world who arrived this morning and we're told the growing family is all happy and healthy. So um, congratulations to him and them as well. Blake, how are you, man? Congratulations, buddy. Since we- Yeah, um, I love it. What's new? Cool. Yeah, dude, I'm just walking all over you. Um, yeah, n- not too much, man. Yeah, I've been a little bit sick lately, so my energy, I'm gonna gonna try and try and kick it up a kick it up a notch here, but uh, not too much new. Just watching these games. I got to watch a few of the games tonight too. While I was making dinner with the kids, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to get the kids into hockey a little bit too, just so I can watch more. <laughs> I have a, a phone that folds out into a, a like a fuller screen, and it's pretty much all I've done is um, is stream legally completely legally so allegedly <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent. totally yeah, yeah exactly yeah, no problem there <laughs> uh all right so we have a bit of a format change for this show we're going to keep it a little bit more simple uh we're going to go into following our footsteps from last year to an extent this time of year is chock full of indecision and the latter portion of your rosters right and we're here to help guide your process so Blake and I will be each be bringing a trio of players to discuss, one player to add, one player to drop, and one player to hold. So Blake, who's in a holding pattern for you right now? First off, yeah, it's the beginning of the season to me is such a weird time, like for these exact reasons, these add holds and drops. Like there's a lot of uh, fantasy GMs that just kind of, you know, jump the gun on their drops and jump, you know, pick up guys that have one good game and then nothing else comes of it. So I, I think this uh, episode is definitely very relevant for, for you guys and your teams. For me personally, a hold someone that has been being dropped lately that I've seen that I think you should hold at the very least for this week is Anton Lundell of the Florida Panthers. I think, um, well, first off, he's, he's rostered in 45% of Yahoo leagues right now. Um, and Florida has an amazing schedule this week. We, we know that they still have three games left and they're, they're on the off days here. So, um, you're going to get three good games out of Anton Lundell. So definitely for this week. Right. Um, but, but he's, he only has, you know, one point in three games, right? Uh, last season, he did have 44 points in 65 games, uh, for a 56 point, uh, 82 game pace. That's a weird sentence, but, um, Yeah. Uh, first off, I, I mean, I'm just, I've watched some Florida games and I like the way Lundell looks. Um, I think that uh, he's a very talented guy. He's a young guy. Um, and obviously he had a great year with Florida last year, but everybody did. So he's, he's one of these guys, kind of like a Mason Marchment that we talked about, you know, had a great year. How's he going to do this year? And, and so far after three games, it hasn't been, you know, an amazing season for him. But, but let's dive in a little bit. So one thing I like about Anton Lundell that I think you know, is, is reason to hold him is first off his minutes are up from, from last year. So last year he had uh, average ice time of 15 minutes and 44 seconds this year. He's up around 17 minutes. So mm-hmm. that, that's, that's good, right? That's, you know, as we talked about in our last episode, you, you know, you gotta be on the ice to get counting stats, right? Um, the other thing is I think Florida has been massively underachieving so far in their, in their three games. I looked kind of through their, their statistics and, um, their expected goals for is 5.09 and that's, that's pretty low. That's like 24th in the league. 
right? And this is the team that dominated last year um, yeah. offensively in pretty much every category, right? Yeah, you know, they got to, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're almost breaking records, I think. Um, you know, their team shooting percentage is low. It's 10%. Um, that's good for 16% in the league. So just me personally, uh, Florida is underachieving offensively. So I think it's like a buy low kind of situation. And I think if you drop Anton Lundell, you, you might regret that. Um, because I do think, first off, he's getting third line minutes right now, but he's still getting 17 minutes on ice. So, the, and I think that's supplemented by power play. He's on power play too, um, with some good players, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, Anton Lundell, if you drop him, it's not the end of the world. I don't think he's going to blow up and in, into some, you know, hundred point player, but I think, especially for this week, you got to hang on. You got to see what he does. Like um, a lot of those Florida players, right? Um, they got a good schedule this week. Let's see what they can do. And I think Anton Lundell has a lot more in the tank. I absolutely agree. We've been talking about it uh, last year into the offseason, what a quality player he is and, and what he can do with some opportunity. What makes me feel better about his production as he's gone through these three games is that he's getting 30 seconds more each game on the ice, right? Like yeah. it's incremental, but it is going up, right? And they as a team have been unlucky. He has shot 0%, but yeah. he is still taking shots every game, right? And he is involved in the play. He's picking up blocks every game. Um, I think there are things to like. I think there's a lot to kind of sift through going forward about what actually happens on their power play. Um, they definitely tried a five forward power play at the end yeah. of that last game with what was going on. So we don't really know where that team is going, what direction they're going to go in right now, but it's pretty clear they're going to lean pretty heavily on their forwards to do a lot. So yeah, um, I agree. I think it's absolutely a whole, uh, it's not a player that I'm, I'm giving up in three games into the season for sure. Yeah. I mean, new coach as well, right? Like it takes time to settle in. Uh, another thing I forgot to mention is his power play time is, is uh, um, definitely improved from this season as the last season. I mean, it's only three games, but he's averaging three minutes on the power play where last year he was only averaging 41 seconds. Right. And he still got, you know, 44 points. So he's, he's got some, he's got some skill. He's a young guy. He's on a good team, new coach. Let's, let's give it a little bit and see what happens here. That feels right to me. Um, yeah. So my hold, what you got? I'm still sitting tight with Andres Palat. 41% right now on Yahoo minus 6% over the last week. People are hopping off this train. The devils are tops in the league in shots four per 60 and scoring chances uh, for percentage, right? So there is a ton going on offensively, but they're not converting those things. And Palat isn't yet a part of that. He's at one shot total through the open of game three for New Jersey. Uh, the shifts are consistent. The time on ice is solid. His career average is a very consistent six plus shots per game. Granted, that's on Tampa Bay. This is a different offense, but players don't just disappear overnight, right? Um, the time on ice is solid. He's a 12% shooter on those six, per, six shots per game. I can't imagine Lindy Ruff doesn't start to lean on his newfound veteran more. Like Lindy Ruff is not a defensive coach, right? Never has yeah. been, wasn't here in Dallas they're going to be an offensive team if they're going to find any success. And considering the youth on the team, they didn't sign him 
to not be a power play player. Right. I fully expect him to find his way to PP1 sooner rather than later and his time on ice to rise accordingly. The Devils have to come around to the mean with the expected goals for per 60 being four, number one in the NHL thus far. Actual goals for two, 24th in the <laughs> NHL. Right. Like they're doing all of these things. We talked about it on Sunday with Dawson Mercer. Like there's so much room to grow in what is clearly an offensively talented team. There are so many people jumping ship, but I'm going to keep dancing with this devil. What do you think, Shaken Blake? Is he dead to you? Is he going to rear back to life? What do you think? No way. He's coming back to life. Get the defibrillator, baby. I think he looks good anyway. I don't, I don't even think he's dead right now. So, um, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about the game he had tonight. He had a very good game tonight. He played 18 minutes, two shots on goal, three hits, and a goal. He was plus three, right? And the Devils took the win tonight. See, and so, I wrote these notes while not watching that game. There so you go. You, again, you, you are a seer, I'll tell you. Unbelievable. Listen to what this man says, everyone. All right. If you want to, you know, win some money, do some bets. All right. He's like the farmer's almanac from Back to the Future, too. All right. That's where we're going. Um, Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um, But yeah, I like Palat as well. I I liked him in Tampa. I thought he was overshadowed. Just they just had so many good players there. Right. But he was he was a glue kind of guy doing all the right things. And uh, like we said, too, they didn't bring him into you know, not give him offensive chances, right? Um, the Devils in general, they, they remind me very much of Jack Hughes, like what he's done so far, which is, you know, he, Jack Hughes got two points tonight. He got two assists, but I think it, it, it kind of parallels, right? The way Jack Hughes is playing, you know, he gets all these chances. The underlying stats are great, but he's not converting on his shots, right? So, you know, I think Palat, yeah, definitely. If you, if you got him, who's, you know, who are you dropping him to pick up basically? Because I think, you got to look at the situation that he's in. He's he's getting minutes with Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer, whichever line he's playing on. And then he's, he's, you know, he's likely getting power play time. So who are you picking up that's going to have that same kind of opportunity on an offensive team, like you said? I think it's going to come back around. All right, so you're settled on keeping Lindell. Who's a must-add player for you right now? Okay, I'll give you a must-add. And this is something I've been talking about for a long time. Vinny Tro. All right. Trocheck for the New York Rangers. He's 68% rostered. What the hell are we doing here? I mean, this is this is obscene. All right. This man is playing on the second line on probably going to be the best offensive team in the league this year. Um, he's playing power play one on the sixth ranked power play. But, you know, it's it's been so few games. I, I think they could have the number one power play by the end of the year. I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. I watched this game the other day and he's just he's got um He's got chemistry with uh, Zibanejad on the power play. He's got chemistry with Panarin on his line. That's who he's playing with. Uh, Zibanejad and, and Panarin, you know, Zibanejad on the power play, P- Panarin on his line. It's crazy. And when I see 68%, it just doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense, right? Um, and even further to that, um, Vincent Trocek, he, right, right now, so he's got five points in four games. Great stuff. Um, five points in three games, actually, because he didn't get any points in his first game. But one thing that Trocek has done so well over his career is he gets bangs, mm-hmm. all right? So his, his last seven seasons, he had over 100 hits. And last season in particular, he had 185 hits in 81 games. I mean, you know, if you're in a category league that, or, or even a points league that counts hits, you're getting extra value on top of what he's already bringing you because I think Trocek is going to be a point-of-game player. 
I think he has that ability on this wow. team. You know, he's not going to be. Yeah, I think so. I mean, on this team, I, I think point of game player is is very reasonable. 70 to 80 points with over 100 hits and probably over 20 power play points. So 68% roster, that doesn't make sense to me at all. And lastly, his, his ice time's up again. Uh, three minutes over his season last year where he got um, 51 points in 81 games. He's up three minutes on that. So he's averaging over these four games, 20 minutes. So, and that's very similar to the time he had when he was in Florida and he had his big season, which was 75 points in 82 games in 2017. So I think there's a lot of parallels to those two seasons. I think he's, I think he's a beauty. You got to pick him up. Tro for show. Man, when you said point per game player immediately, I was like, no. There's no way that happens. And then in reviewing, you're absolutely right. Playing 82 games with with Florida in 17-18, 75-point player, you have to think, at least from the way it looks thus far, this is a team that that can put out that kind of production. Um, I absolutely love the time on ice. Like, it's averaging at 20 minutes, but you're getting games. In that first game where he got no points, that's 22 minutes on ice. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he is involved in absolutely everything that they're doing. And they, as a team, top to bottom, look phenomenal. So, yeah, they came uh, out strong. The roster ship number is kind of baffling, like 68 yeah. percent. I mean, you have to go look like I, I can't imagine uh, a league where he is not in there. But for 32 percent of you, he is not on a roster and he needs yeah. to be. So well, what are these like four person leagues? Is that what's happening? A four person league? You're not four, rostering Vinny Trocek? Okay. All right. Four four people and, and two of them auto drafted. Like this yeah, is yeah, I think that's, so. That's yeah. rough. Like I, I was a big fan of Trocek going into the season and for him to only be sixty-eight percent rostered going into the year, and especially after seeing him on the ice with, with the Rangers as they just crush it that's far, that's that's wild. I'm absolutely yeah. in line with that. Yeah, man. He was available in the 150s in, in drafts in Yahoo. It was crazy. That's I have him on like four teams because yeah, no so, one was drafting him. So do I. I liked That's it. Right. I liked it. I was a little, bit, a little bit wary of the whole new team thing, but yep. um, considering he was go to, going to play for an old coach, I figured the system would adjust a little bit better. And, man, he looks great. They look fantastic. So I'm all yeah, over absolutely. the Rangers right now. Uh, my go. ad for this week, and and I know you're on board with this because I I listened to the pod earlier. Uh, Gustav Forsling at fifty two percent plus three yes, percent right now this week, and I imagine all three percent are probably today. Uh, dude is ripe for the picking. Brandon Montour is out with an UBI, and Eggblad went out as well with the LBI in Monday's game against Boston. Um, there is pretty much nothing but speculation as to what actually is wrong with him but considering he had two long-term uh lower body injuries um and he didn't finish a game in which they hadn't really no other blue liners to go out there like i I have to imagine it's pretty serious whatever it is like if it was minor they would have said something already i actually saw a tweet about aaron ekblad and um that he might have a, a grade two groin uh tear or strain something like that so he could be gone for a little bit, man. Um, we're looking at a groin issue for sure. So I think, yeah. Yeah, when I looked it up, there was speculation that he had uh, a ligament issue or, or a groin, and either one is, is bad news. I just assume it's bad, bad based, on, based on him not going back out there. You know what I mean? Like right. yep. hockey player totally. is going to hockey player, and if they can't hockey player, there must be something really wrong. So Forsling – is set up for this opportunity. He is averaging 24-29 on ice thus far 
and redlining at 28-14 yeah, big game. last night, right? He's got all the opportunity he can muster in Florida, finishing that game with 16 skaters and only four of them on defense. Like, there's nothing but speculation thus far, but you have to assume it's serious implications. Even if they were so light on blue line players, like, to see them, like, be in – in salary cap trouble, like they're going to have to make some serious moves just to have actual roster role players, unless they're just pulling emergency lines. Right. Um, as for Forsling, he's been worked up to a tenuous PP one averaging over three shots a game and sprinkling hits and blocks alongside it. After being the only D man game in town against Boston, he ended with an assist and a goal. Like you have to buy now the schedule is money to boot. I know you mentioned this in your solo pod. Like, do you have anything to add about Gustav? Like, it seems like an oh, absolute yeah. lock to me. It's a no-brainer. If you didn't choose it, it would have been mine for sure. Um, obviously, as we mentioned before, like Florida's got that amazing schedule uh, this week. But, I mean, Montour is out with whatever. We don't know what. And I think I do think Ekblad's going to be out for a little while. You know, probably one of these four to six weekers. You know what I mean? Or longer. Yeah, depending on, on the situation. So, uh, if he's getting 28 minutes, I mean, Florida is still an amazing team. Um, you know, obviously their defense is a little bit depleted, but people liked Forsland going into the season, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, as kind of like a dark horse and now he's being thrust onto, you know, as the number one defenseman, right? So yeah, it's a no brainer. I bet, you know, you look tomorrow on Yahoo, you're going to see plus 20%, something silly like that. Like this, this is a no brainer. If Forsling's available, you got to go get him and you got to go get him now. All right. All right, so you're bringing on Trocek. I'm bringing on Forsling. Who's got to go to make the room for you? Who's got to go? I don't know. There's so many players that I want to drop on my team. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. Um, one thing I was thinking about, uh, even just g- getting into this episode, is like the something I did when I first started fantasy and really poorly is I would overreact. And I think the kind of I alluded to that a little bit at the beginning here is like, a lot of fantasy GMs will overreact in the first few games. You know, you have four bad games or, you know, no points or whatever. They'll drop players that you you have no business dropping. Like when you draft a guy, you're drafting him for his season value. You're not drafting him for what's he going to do in four games. Right. So, um, yeah, um, I think there's kind of a settling that happens in uh, in hockey and in any sport, really. And I think you have to wait for that to happen before you start dropping guys. That said, I'm dropping the hell out of Ricard Raquel, okay? Ricky Racks, get him out, get him out of my sight, all right? Um, I don't have a lot of good reasons to drop Ricky Racks. Uh, he's 41% rostered uh, on Yahoo. He's, he's got good opportunity, and I know I've talked about that a lot. Um, you know, he, he in his last game in particular, he, he played 20 minutes, um, you know, which is, which is definitely high for him. But this guy is, he, he, his, his three-year average um, at the last three years, his shooting percentage is, is comically low. It's, it's like 8%. Um, you know, he, he's, I think this is who he is. He can't finish chances. He gets chances, but he can't finish them. Right. He, he's, you know, one, one thing he has done in the past, he, he does hit a little bit. So, I mean, I don't know. He's playing with Crosby and Gensel right now. How, you know, what's the problem, my guy? Like, it, it's, I've just seen it too many times. And I think this is a little bit of, of um, Ricard Raquel. Like, I'm just tired of it. You know what I mean? Like, everybody okay. going into the season, but like, like, Ricard Raquel, you got to pick this guy up. He's going to have an ama- amazing season. Like, 
No. Um, and I've seen some of the games too. And I'm just, it just doesn't, he, he's not getting power play one time. And I think that's, that's really key for him to succeed, but he's, he is getting even strength time with Crosby and Gensel. So, and, and to have, he has one goal in three games, um, you know, three hits, four blocks in three games, nothing to write home about, but I don't know. I just don't get a good feeling about him. I think there are better guys out there like Anton Lundell, like Vinny Trocek, right? Uh, other players too. Uh, it, um, one I didn't mention, but um, Arturi Lekkonen is, is, is only something like 72% rostered. You know, like there are guys out there that are better than Ricard Raquel that I, I think at the very least can provide you value now, you know? And I don't think if you drop Ricard Raquel, anyone's just going to snap him up right away. Like, oh, I made a big mistake, right? He might sit there on the wire and you can, wa- you can put him on the watch list and see what he does moving forward, right? And then you can pick him up again. But right now, Ricard Raquel, he's not not blowing my hair back. I think, uh, you know, uh, and he also has durability issues, right? So, I don't know. Ricky Racks, sorry, buddy. I'm sure you're a nice person, but get the hell out of my sight, all right? So, the actual Penguins, I like a lot. He is getting that top line time yeah. against just stellar, stellar lines, right? So, it doesn't really make sense to me that he is not producing. On the other hand, you're talking about a player who has – consistently underwhelmed across his career he's in a new town which we know will drive your production down almost ubiquitously uh he's not on top power play and in pittsburgh they rely pretty heavily on that top power play and when he is on power play too he's working the bumper right so it's not prime positioning uh as a power play player um and that last game where he hit 20 minutes against montreal that's an overtime game Right. So you're getting you're getting an extra couple of of stat in there. Um, I do like the shot production seven in the first game, three in the second game, two in the the third game. Like he is taking shots, but you have to assume that virtually anyone playing right wing on that line and getting, you know, roughly 17 minutes a night is is going to be able to take those shots. So you kind of feel like it could be almost anyone. The only difference is they don't really have anybody else to work that right wing for them except for Russ, right? It was Erod up and down working both sides of the wing for them last year. And yes. I, I just kind of assume that it's not going to be one of the other seven wingers on the team that's going to take over, right? Like Rust and Malkin are kind of joined at the hip. And you feel like Raquel is probably going to stay there, but what's he going to give you from it, right? You're, you're absolutely right. I think you can put him on your wire and go and snatch him up later when it feels like the most opportune time and you feel like he's kind of walking into a heater or he's got a great matchup or a great schedule. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely right. And one other thing I did want to say about him, like in his best season uh, in Anaheim, you know, he had, uh, what did he have? 69 points in 77 games, giggity. Um but he's only getting 17 minutes here. And I don't see that, you know, getting up to 19 minutes, right? Maybe if he gets that, I don't know. But uh, like you said, I think get him on the wire, watch him. You know, I think he's a good player for sure, but uh, he's probably got a ceiling of 50 points. And there's a lot of guys that have that as well. So, right. You're hoping kind of at best he sneaks his way onto that first power play. And if he does, that power play is probably going to tape a dip depending on, you know, who goes out. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a, I think it's a solid drop right now. I think, I think my drop is probably a little bit more obvious, but, um, Mm -hmm. 
but it it was a real feel good pick for people coming into the season. So yeah, um, yeah. I've got to tell people now before it becomes super obvious and they and they waited to to miss somebody on the wire they could have snatched up right now. My drop is your uh, Slavkovsky. Uh, it's been a ride, but I'm about as sure as mm-hmm. I can be that uh, his cup of coffee has gotten cold. Right, drop to the fourth line, only getting ten forty eight per. And that's bolstered by 12 minutes uh, plus against the Capitals. So it's real bad. Uh, one shot through four games, uh, one face off, and it was a loss. So no bonuses there. Right? Uh, that's rough. There's, yeah. There's been a <laughs> bit of banger value, but there's absolutely nothing you couldn't find somewhere else with a streamer level player. Still at a mind blowing 26% roster ship in Yahoo. Yeah, and that's high. That's way high. That's that's with a recent five percent drop, right? Like right. people are holding on, going, mm, it could happen, mm-hmm. right? Like first over, it could happen. He could mm-hmm. score four goals in the first game. We just got to start over. So I, there's been some bright spots for Montreal thus far, but I can't see Slap making it past the eight game rookie threshold. Like he is like halfway to being a rocket already. You know, like yeah. drop him <laughs> yesterday, and if you didn't, you got to drop him right now. Yeah, get that garbage out of here. Um, yeah, I, I I like the kid a lot. Actually, I read a, an article today just on uh, uh, score, and just he was just saying how this is kind of how it was for him in the Finnish league when he played. Like he started there, started out really slow, and but he, he just seems like a really cool kid. He's only eighteen, and he's he's just so excited to be here. Like I always, I kind of worry about you know young players like that. A bit like him, Slavkovsky, Shane Wright, the way he's sort of being treated in Seattle as well. It's like, that's not good for your confidence, you know, to to come up here and just play less than 10 minutes and really not have any opportunity to do anything, especially when you're an offensive player. But he seems to have a really good attitude. And so I, I liked reading that. I agree with you. I don't think he's going to make it past the threshold there. They're, they're not going to want to burn a year on this guy's contract unless they're going to give him some opportunity. And it doesn't look like they're going to do that. So um yeah i'm with you man drop it like it's lukewarm <laughs> get right. that garbage out of here garbage, garbage. Uh, all right so before we get off of here we're going to shout out our zero g to victory man the newfound father dual father uh hutchie and touch on his article this week um and a few of them will highlight more in depth some of them uh probably are a little bit of garbage um uh, So we're leading off with number one on the list, Jake Allen, 28% rostered at the time of the article drop. Uh, Montreal has three games this week with one of them coming against Arizona. Uh, It seems like, at least in the leagues that I'm a part of, people are starting to catch on to Allen uh, being a bit better than expected and and kind of more so the the Canadians being a a bit better than expected. Are you interested in Allen at all? Um. The funny thing about zero G to me is like, it took me a while to come around on it. And I, I, I am in a bunch of leagues this year and I only did true zero G in one of them. And that's the one that freaks me out the most because um, I love everything that I read about zero G and I believe in it. But the one thing I don't like about it is it's stressful. Yeah. Right. Because you have to comb that wire and you, you, you know, you could be picking up a goalie every week. I mean, you won't always get these Billy Husos or, you know, uh, those, those type of guys. I mean, or the Anton Forsbergs, right. I mean, you may, but someone else might get them too. Right. So there's that stress as well. So when I look at a list of goalies here, I'm just like, man, this is, 
this is this is stinky. This is funky. But I mean, to me, Jake Allen is the best of the bunch that we see here. I love what we've seen so far. Um, and I also I like to think about the personal situation uh, that these guys have. And and Jake Allen just had a new baby, um, signed a new contract in the offseason. Montreal's got off to a pretty good start. It it makes sense. Like if you're going to stream a, a goalie that's rostered to this level, like Jake Allen, I think is is probably the cream of the crop on this one, right? Um, I, I like it. I, I like what Montreal's done so far. Jake Allen has been successful in the past. Do it again, buddy. Um, yeah, if, if if I had to pick up a goalie from this list here, I would pick up Jake Allen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no Carey Price looking over his shoulder and, you know, yeah, playing. No one's and, coming and for him. Yeah. Sorry for our Toronto boys, but, uh, you know, probably the best hockey town in the world. So, oh, there um, you go. I mean, Quebecois or not, they do love hockey, right? I don't know. It's not what your jersey says, buddy. All right. I'm doing this for you, buddy. You're a well-dressed man. I'm just going to say that right now. I like the collar underneath there. Yeah, this is like a this is like a post-game interview. It's the sweater weather, man. I had to put on my draft pick attire. Appreciate it, my guy. So who's number two on the list? Number two, we're talking about Philip Gruby Grubauer. All right, he's 29% rostered. The Seattle goaltender, he's got off to a rough start, that's for sure. Uh, but again, this week, Seattle had the four games with uh, no back-to-backs. And uh, Martin Jones has not played particularly well Seattle goaltenders have not played particularly well um that said Grubauer is it's been ugly um you know the game yesterday uh you know he's doing some funny things like simple goalie things he's not doing well like protecting this you know the post when a when a player's behind the net you know for a wraparound like like simple stuff um he just doesn't look good to me and and I know Seattle is still kind of finding their legs you know they've got some new players but I, I don't know. Um, I, I picked up Grubauer in a couple leagues and I promptly dropped him um, because I just wasn't liking what I saw. He killed, killed my goalie stats for, for the day. So, um, but that said, the, Seattle has a great schedule this week. So, I mean, if you're, if you're you know, combing the bo- bottom of the barrel, like you could do much worse than Philip Grubauer. I think the talent level for, for Gruby is definitely there, but you are like on the nose with this um, – this uh, idea that he's just not making the little plays, right? He seems to be not square to the puck, not protecting the post, not getting down as the puck comes in on the attack. Like he, he looks a little bit spaced out, right? Yeah. Like yeah, something's it's, off. It's, it seems very off. And my gut says that he got paid last year and then promptly had a terrible season and got roasted by I'm sure I'm sure everybody that's that's a Kraken fan, right? Because they don't have anything else to do but but burn their own bridges. And the rest of the NHL was like, "What happened to you? You were an Avalanche goaltender, and now you got all this money, and now you you can't even play again, right?" And it, it's kind of worrisome because, as we obviously know, goalies are voodoo and like 70% of what they do is super mental. mental and he just yep. kind of, he just kind of seems checked out. So yes, I worry about body him. language too. Yeah. Just yeah, something, he, yeah. Just watching him. You're like, man, you just don't seem to like care, which is, which is rough considering, you know, they absolutely need him. if They're going to have any modicum success. But um, with that said, you know, before Colorado, he does have the talent to play well. Like he, has the stature, he has the form. He's just kind of got to get back into that playing shape mentally 
And, you know, as you were mentioning before, it's three, four games into the season. Like, there's plenty of time for him to do that. And I I seriously doubt Martin Jones is going to challenge him whether he has success or not. So with four games and zero back-to-backs, like, he's probably going to get three to four starts. Like, it wouldn't shock me to see them really play for success early in the season and then if things really take a nosedive to – let that taper off and to see what Martin Jones can do and kind of take the, take the load off of Groovy. But, but right now I, I would continue to lean on him, but you're absolutely right. It is, it is painful sometimes to play zero G. Yeah. Oh, big time. Super stressful, man. But uh, I don't know. Grubauer is one of those guys that I think can hit like some of the other guys on the list are, are fringy guys, like yeah. not even starters. Grubauer is a, is a starter. And like you said, Jones is not really coming for his job, no matter what, unless Grubauer, you know, I, I don't know what he would have to do. Like they, they've committed yeah. to him money wise. Like he's the guy. Right. And he's done it in the past. He obviously had a great season with the avalanche, but I don't know the avalanche, man. I, I've been thinking about Georgiev and Fran and Francis on that team too. Like they don't spend any money on goalies basically. And they're just so good defensively that they kind of shelter the goalies. And I, I, I had Grubauer when he played for Colorado and it was great because he barely got any shots um and he, he just it got a bunch of wins so yeah. you know he was definitely sheltered there and i think we're seeing maybe the version of grubauer like so i'm hoping that it's somewhere in between i i do hope that he kind of picks it up and you know puts together a, a better season than last year because that was terrible it was it was really bad i i really expected things to turn around but um you know we are talking about a super small sample size so yeah. maybe got to yeah. temper the expectations and see if you know, what he's, what he's done is not what he's going to do. So we're going to rattle off some of the names on the list that are uh, let's just call it a little bit less interesting. Uh, (laughs) Number three, Mamelka for Arizona. Number four, Reimer for San Jose. Uh, Number five, the pairing Blackwood and uh, Benichek in New Jersey. Number six, Anderson, Comrie in Buffalo. Uh, Number seven, Razek in Chicago. Is there a player from this list even in the pairings that you are interested in rostering. For me, punt, want the other one in the duo uh, against lesser teams uh, in San Jose. Um, New Jersey does not look good defensively, and I don't really want anything to do with Lindy Ruff's teams defensively. Uh, And as I mentioned a couple of episodes ago in the midweek pod, like I, I would punt the Buffalo goalies into the sun. Like you couldn't pay me the roster. <laughs> them, so. uh, and Mrazek, I mean, the, they themselves are punting their only, their own yeah. themselves into the sun. Like I don't even have They're to just throwing them to the wolves. So. Basically. Are you interested um, in any of this crowd? Yeah, it's, it's funny, actually, that the ones you really punted are the ones I would probably give a chance to. So like the New Jersey goalies and the Buffalo goalies, those are the ones that I would probably, if I had to um, attempt, like uh, basically, uh, you know, to your point before about uh, Palat, like the Devils are doing good things as a team. They're just not uh, they're just not scoring. Right. And they did get a win tonight. Um, I actually don't know who was in net there, if it was Vanacek or Blackwood. But uh uh, the, the the thing that does suck about it is we're not sure who the number one is. I mean, Blackwood got the you know got the nod off the start, but Vanacek is the one who's rostered more at forty four percent, right? So that that does kind of I think I'll, I'll do this with a caveat. So the New Jersey Devils, if if a number one emerges, that's the one I would probably take a take a shot okay. on. Uh, the New Jersey even one with before. Lindy behind the helm, huh? I mean. 
yeah, it's look at look at the list we're looking at, man. <laughs> this isn't like my first goalie. Well, and if I'm doing zero G, it might be my first goalie. I think Nate has VTech Vanacek in a bunch of leagues, um, which is fine. You know what I mean? I, Vanacek has been successful in the past, but but it, to me, it's kind of a timeshare until until they sort that out. And I do think New Jersey is going to be better. Um, that said, uh, Buffalo too, I I'm surprised they went with Anderson, um, in their, their first games that he seems to be kind of their go-to. I think Eric Comrie is the smarter option, um, with more upside, but I love, I love Anderson. I mean, he's 41 years old. He's, yeah, he's doing his thing that they have such a youth yeah. movement as a team. And then they're going with old fogey and goal. Like it, it just feels like yeah. if you're going to push the youth, like do the whole thing. It sounds to me like like An uh, Anderson is just a beauty of a person. You know what I mean? Like everything I've read about Craig Anderson, like I think there's a little bit of that in there. Like these guys want to okay. play for him because he's he's just a beauty. So I don't know. He's a good story. Uh, you know, if I had to choose one of these goalies, it would be one of the New Jersey goalies, I think. Um, okay. And then uh, Vamelka, maybe. I mean, no, not Vamelka. Mm. He, he looks good, but his team's just terrible. So what you can't. No, I would not do Vamelka. One of the New Jersey guys. Book it. All right, that's it. Who we got at number eight? What are we talking about? Yes, uh, Semyon Varlamov uh, of the New York Islanders. It's a good zero-G option for sure. Um, he's rostered in 46% of leagues. And uh, again, this is supposed to be the year where Sorokin is, is taking the reins. He was, he was drafted, uh, you know, as that goalie. He was taken in the top, you know, probably the second tier of goalies, second or third tier of goalies this season. So a lot of people expecting Sorokin to be the number one, but Varlamov's still a good goalie. He's only 34, right? Goalies can, can sort of last a little bit longer in this league. Um, you know, the Islanders historically have been a very defensive team. So whether they're winning or not, you're probably going to get some, you know, decent goals against good save percentage, right? Um, if you're in category leagues like that, but uh, it, it still it, it still remains to be seen how much he's actually going to be playing, right? I hate when I go out and pick up a goalie and and he just sits on my bench until he plays like one every one out of every four games. You know what I mean? So I do like Varlamov as a goalie, but I stayed away from him last year too. Um, and, and last year was even a better situation for Varlamov because. New York Islanders had so many back-to-backs. So there was a good chance that one of them was going to play. This year, it's not like that. So, um, yeah, Varlamov, if, if he's there, he's obviously, to me, he's the most talented goalie in the, the list, but he's not really getting the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, at 34, that's kind of the, the demarcation line for me where I worry about goalies and their age. Um, what concerns me about Varlamov is that in pressers recently, uh, going through the preseason, he was talking about how he felt better playing half a game rather than playing the full game because he didn't really know how he was going to adjust, right? Like, that's really concerning for me for the player that doesn't come off the ice for them to be like, I don't know how I'm going to get through 60, 60 plus minutes. Like, I don't know how I'll feel about it. For them not to know going into the season, especially as a backup where you've got to have like sound mind and steel heart. Like I'm going to go in there. I'm going to do well. That's my job. I'm not going to do it every night, but, um, but this is what's asked to me and I'm going to go and accomplish it. Like it, it's a bit worrisome. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as the actual player, you know, it's noteworthy that he's never had a, a GAA above three as an Islander, right? Like, 
he is largely yeah, a sure. successful goalie and putting him on uh, the back half of a back-to-back, putting him on the the latter third of the league against those games, like it feels pretty good. Like I, I think that Varlamov is, is somebody you're going to see on – a zero G list a lot this year where it's going, okay, they've got three games this week, you know, back to back. He's going to start one of them. They're going to work a back to back. He's probably going to get in the third one as well. Like I feel good about his prospects in general, but I'm a bit worried about him right now. And at 46%, I'm a little bit surprised that he's that rostered. Uh, number nine on is Cal Peterson sitting at 16%, which is not surprising. Uh, given how the Kings have looked uh, defensively, just just taking a barrage of goals. Uh, Cal is coming off of a six-goal-against win against Minnesota, but neither he or Quick have looked good, uh, but both are going to get their opportunities in the early going. Uh, clearly, it's a 50-50 split for them. Like They tried to lean one way or the other last year, and I think – at least my gut feeling for the Kings is that they're going to just kind of wade through the season and see where they end up around the deadline and see where they go along in the playoff push before they have to make any decisions for their roster or any decisions for their tandem. Uh, with three games this week and quick not able to take the lead early, it may be a great add before the tandem situation gets clearer. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. And um uh, I I was expecting Cal Peterson to to get the starts this year, and so again yeah, I too. was surprised when when Jonathan Quick was was you know um, anointed the starter, and you know I'm happy for him. I I think Quick still has some gas in the tank, and I've watched a couple games of the Kings, and it looks like I think they're going to go with him. I think he's going to get the majority of the starts, whether it's sixty forty or some, something along those lines. Um, you know until he starts to falter, right? But I I do I know the Kings defense has not played well. But I think the Kings' offense has played amazing. Um, you know, Adrian Kempe looks amazing. Kopitar is doing well. Um, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, this one kind of – I think I missed it on the list because I, I do like Cal Peterson a lot. I, um, I think there's some potential there. He's 16% rostered. I, 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 I'd almost rather have him than Semyon uh, Varlamov, to be honest. I think there's a good chance that he will eventually take over for quick um in this season that's sort of just my take on it and i do like the kings better this year than i like the islanders so i mean take that for what it's worth i definitely felt that way about cal peterson last year um yes. and i think i'm i'm kind of once bitten twice shy about just deciding because every time i was like this is the game he looks like he is absolutely the dude to take them to the next tier to make them really a, a you know a dangerous team in the playoffs. And then he would come out and have an absolute dud, and then right after that, Quick yep. would have like a two goal win. You know, so yep. I really don't know what to do with this tandem at this point. And to be frank, in a couple of leagues, most of the time I would never do this, but in a couple of leagues, I either drafted or drafted and then picked up the tandem because I wanted yep. to see throughout this first opening heavy slate for the Kings, like who really shook out and it's got me shook because I still don't have any idea. So it's definitely got my attention. Yeah. That's an interesting point, man. Um, getting the handcuff. I've done that in a couple leagues and 
I, I still, I don't have any data to kind of back up whether it's successful or not. You know what I mean? It feels right at the time. Like, so, so this year in particular, I've got one team with Georgiev and Fransuz and nice. I've got one team with uh, Jeremy Swayman and Linus Olmark. Nice. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> Olmark was not being rostered. He, he was kind of a zero G option. Definitely at the beginning. I think he's going to get the majority of it. Swayman got shelled tonight by the senators, like seven, six, and he didn't look good. So I yeah. think Olmark's probably the guy there. But um, yeah, it's it's nice to 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 kind of set it and forget it. You know what I mean? Like you have the handcuff. But then it's all about the team, right? How do you predict that team is going to do? Do you think LA is going to be, you know, what's their record going to be? How many wins are you going to get from their two goalies, right? It's kind of a, a, you know, a guessing game. And you have to, yeah, you really have to think about how you think that team's going to do, right? As opposed to like picking up a, a goalie like Varlamov or Sorokin, who the team might not do that well, but individually that goalie will do well, right? So I don't know. Cal Peterson and uh, Jonathan Quick, I don't think I'm picking up that tandem. I'm I'm riding with it. So I got to see at least 10 games and, and you, you really got get them? a feel for it. I mean, I'm in a couple of nice. leagues. I'm I'm okay. I'm sitting on it. So see okay. see what happens. Uh, they made the playoffs last year. That's that's not terrible to me. I'm, I really felt good about the team, uh, and honestly, I feel really good about your guy Jersey. But man, he is in the doghouse after that turnover. I know. Yeah, come uh, on, give my man Jersey. Love Jersey. All right, so take us out. Who's number ten on this list? Number ten, a guy I have never seen play. I don't even know who this man is, but he's got a great name, Felix Sandstrom. All right, he's the backup for the Flyers. Whoa. You got to really be at the bottom of the barrel if you're picking up the backup for the towards Flyers. Magic. What? The, yeah. Magic. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, yeah. Towards this is what he do. So, um, yeah, this guy is rostered in zero percent of leagues, but uh, definitely put him on the watch list, man. Flyers won again tonight over Tampa Bay. What the heck is going on? They're they're three and zero. And my man, Tony D'Angelo, did very well again. Got another assist, another twenty five uh, minutes. So, just want to throw in a little plug for Tony D. But uh, Felix Sandstrom, I've never seen him play. I mean, he's behind Carter Hart, who he's not going anywhere. So mm -hmm. Sandstrom, to me, is more of like a watch list kind of guy. And this is a long, a long game you're playing with Felix Sandstrom. Maybe grab him in a dynasty league. I don't know. But uh, if Carter Hart goes down, then then you look at him, right? Then you're like, okay. Especially, you know, after, like we talked about, the settling of the season. Get 10 games in and let's see what we're dealing with. Is Philadelphia, are they 10 and 0? Like, and then Carter Hart goes down. Like, yeah, maybe I'll pick up Felix Sandstrom and check it out. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, you think he's going to get some starts soon here, Binksy? I, I, I think I hit my head, dude, because I <laughs> am actually kind of excited about the prospect here, right? Like, oh, yeah. I love, I love goalies that just appear out of nowhere. Uh, and clearly, we did not know what we were dealing with when we were talking about the Philadelphia Flyers this year. Like they got some, they're fueled by spite. They seem to be fueled by spite. They <laughs> yeah. got I just had hate in their hearts right there. Tony D, like the city of brotherly hate, yeah. is fueled by spite. We all know yeah. that. I'm a Birds fan. I get it. <laughs> all right. Right. So I, this dude is never going to be on my roster for weeks at a time, but. For them to have two backs-to-backs this week mm -hmm. and yeah. to be doing well thus far, like they're guaranteed going to give their goalie a rest, right? Yeah, so they'll likely man. get two starts, which is hard to come by with any goalie, 
right? So both of them on off nights, which means you can slip them into the goalies you already have. So if you're worried about Ayafalo that just hit the IR, if you're worried about Bertuzzi who just hit the IR, if you're worried about Ekblad that just hit the IR, like there are roster spots that have just popped up for you, right? And one of those yep. games yeah, is going to be against – as we talked about, a depleted Panthers in a heavy week for the Panthers, and they're going to play the back-to-back that he'll likely start is on a Sunday versus a Sharks team who will also have been on a four-game slate and started two games before everyone else, right? So am I in a vacuum excited about Felix Sandstrom? I'm not. In, in terms of the two starts that – and granted, they're goalies. We never know what – we might fall over a dog and die. Like, who, who knows what's going to happen with a goalie, right? right. <laughs> but in terms of the starts that we expect him to be in, I think it's actually a pretty decent call. Like, I think he might actually have a couple of good games because, you know, like who would have thought the Flyers would have played well against Tampa Bay tonight, right? No, it's it's so, crazy, man. Yeah. I, I mean, goalies are voodoo. Goalies are voodoo. They appear out of nowhere. It's an apparition. And suddenly he's a shutout goalie. And you're like, I've never heard of Felix Sandstrom. And now he's the Sandstorm. And he's got sick nicknames. And they give him theme music. You just don't know with goalies. That's why you got to follow the article. I love it, man. That is a spicy take. And I ain't hating it. All right. I want to check out some Hill. I'm still writing the Aiden Hill uh, super hot take. Like he looks real good until that goal was given up. But I'll, I'll save that for another time. Uh, oh, all right. Sure. Before yeah, we uh, before we go, I have to take a second uh, and thank all of our listeners for the five star reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, if y'all haven't yet done so, we would love your review. Uh, come by and join us in the Apples and Genos Discord server. It's a great place to talk fantasy hockey, get your questions answered, and receive alerts when new Apples and Genos content drops, like this. Um, well, that's our show today. Check us out in the Discord. Um, check us out on Twitter. Uh, Blake, you're at Blake Creamer SE. I have to ask, what is the SE? Are you special edition? Is that, is that sports mode? Sports ethos. Ah, there you go. That yeah. makes more sense. I probably should have put that together. It does make sense. There you go. My man. Uh, Dude, this was Matt, fun. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it, man. Uh, Nate is at Apple's Genos. And of course, Josh, we miss you, buddy. Josh is at just Josh and four one. I'm at Binklemania. Uh, as always, love for the band. They're there for providing our theme music. Their Spotify link is in the episode description. And while you're there, give us a rating. Good night. Congrats, Josh. Congrats, Josh. 